With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Talk that matters. Germ Warfare and Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Jim Warfare at tntradio.live. That's my email address. As always, uh, thank you for the mails. And uh, as always, thank you uh, for letting me know where in the world you are mailing me from. As I always say, I, I'm not uh, harvesting your info. I don't know how to uh, work a spreadsheet. I just thoroughly enjoy hearing how big the world is and yet how small it is. It is Friday and... Uh, that means that uh, John O'Sullivan is going to join me in a moment and uh, jump into the live chat. Say hi, Alex. Shall we do this? My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. It's the stuff. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? People are talking about. Vilifying MAGO is just not going to work. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. As always, thank you for joining me in the trenches, John. It's a pleasure to be back with you, Jeremy. Oh, I look forward to it every fortnight. I want to start off by saying that I I feel a bit bad for you. I've been looking at some of your Facebook posts and uh, you've been posting stuff that I think uh, is is good. And yet you, you the comments are just like really trashing you. Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, unfortunately, I got like 5,000 so-called friends on Facebook, Jeremy. Five, the maximum they let you have is 5,000. And uh, I, I'm blessed in a way, but also cursed um, because... Yeah, I look, did a deep dive. I told you when I spoke to you before, I did a deep dive on mm. October the 7th um, when the Hamas, terrible attack by Hamas took place. And um, I was wanting to find out before I got on the air that I had my facts straight. And I wanted to make sure I wasn't just repeating every everything else that everybody else was saying, because I kind of know, and again, I, I think I said to you before, my roots... Um, second generation Irish immigrant. My grandfather was a senior officer in the IRA. In fact, he was the commander of County Cork, um, very prestigious. Um, but yeah, <laughs> to many British people, he was a terrorist, you know, he was a murderer and all this kind of nonsense. But um, it's the, it, the winners, Jeremy, the winners write the history books, not the losers. And uh, mm. the IRA, as you know, were successful. They were partly, I should say, partly successful. Ireland became an independent republic, apart from the Ulster. You know, the Ulster remains part of the British Isles, and that that was a festering sore for many years. Still is a problem. And these wars, uh, you know, I call them sectarian wars because they really are two groups of people, generally, mostly speaking, very pe peaceable people, Jeremy. Peaceable mm. and easygoing. They don't want any trouble. They want a quiet life. But in every group, in every community, there are extremists. There are those who are adamant they are right and uh, egomaniacs. And uh, I, I saw it. I've heard it. You know, and I'm <laughs> I'm dealing with them now, Jeremy, on Facebook. The egomaniacs mm. who want to kill, kill, kill. That's where I was kind of going with this. Uh, is this incredible? This incredible um, Zionist attitude, and I say Zionist deliberately because there's this weird kind of um raw 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 just wipe out gaza um attitude 
I don't know where it's coming from. I've I've never seen anything this aggressive, and it's all over the place. It's just it's just flattened the place. You got Ben Shapiro uh, just propagating complete nonsense, um, and then you got all these just these hateful people who just keep talking about um, Israel's right to defense uh, to to defend itself, which is fine, but yeah. completely ignoring the what the 10, 11, 12,000 dead people on the other side. Yeah, yeah. You and I are quite privileged in a way, Jeremy, because, you know, South Africa had the same colonial past. Um, mm. As an Irishman speaking to a South African, we know the terrible trauma people go through. Innocent people are the main victims. The only people who benefit are those far from the war. Those, the bank, mm. they, they say every war is a banker's war. I, I can promise you, and you know yourself, that uh, there are many people in, in Washington, in London, rubbing their hands, you know, gleeful that they can hide their crimes. But Benjamin Netanyahu is deeply unpopular amongst uh, Jews in, in Israel. Um, I was quite shocked at the amount of Orthodox Jews who um, have come out and said they stand with the innocent Palestinians. They're innocent people being murdered, Jeremy. Half of the population of Gaza are under the age of 18. Under the age of 18. They weren't even born till this century. You know, they've only begun their lives, and yet they're supposed to be terrorists. Well, um, most people don't seem to get that the Palestinians were driven out of their lands, and the media done a wonderful job. Yeah. Uh, and I fell for it, Jeremy. I fell for it. I grew up believing you know, how, how wonderful it was that after the Holocaust, there was a land set free, and the Israelis were going to go back to their homeland, and the war was going to have some good outcome for these poor Jews who were persecuted and tortured. Um, and all my life, I believe that. I still believe that, Jeremy. I still believe that there should be a homeland for the Jews. Um, you know, history has been very unkind to Jews. Uh, and I don't know why. Every culture, pretty much every culture, has an issue with Jewish people. Um, but every Jewish person I've ever met in my life, Jeremy, have uh, been decent, honorable people. And I'm very fortunate I'm very thankful to have friends who are both Jewish and Muslim. You know, I yeah, work I'm the with same. people. I've, you know, I, I just yeah, don't I've get it. Same. I've got the same. Mm, these are I've not got killers. exactly the same experience. Yeah. 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 You don't want to kill these people, do you? No, but that's also why, and I, I always give the same disclaimer that um, I um, am critical of the Israeli government, not the Israeli people. They have no say over what's going on. The Palestinian people are also having, they've got no say of what's going on. They are, no. they are just pawns, you know, um, and what's going on is that a mother with a baby, whether she's on the Palestinian side or on the Israeli side, doesn't deserve a missile. No. And hate breeds hate, doesn't it? I mean, I, to, uh, my family have a very, very passionate history, personal history. Um, and I, and I know that um, the important thing is that you, you've got to make sure that people understand the history. Um, context is king, isn't it? Context is king. You've got to know uh, why people are pushing so hard generation after generation for what they call uh, the, the demand for justice. And, and, and they need justice. It, Jewish and uh, Muslims, they need justice. They're both victims, Jeremy. Ordinary people are the victims. Um, there's $450 billion worth of, of gas just off the Gaza coast. Now, it's well known, uh, those who followed their uh, politics, their news, over the last 10 years, this has been known about for 10 years, and that 
uh, reserve has been divided up between Israel, Egypt, and whatever remains of Palestine, you know, the, the, the Gazans. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Israel um, and the Egypt would quite be, be quite happy for Gaza to be cleared out and cut out the third party and just deal with each other. Um, it's cynical, but, you know, money corrupts, mm. doesn't it? it? Greed is the key here, Jeremy, not religion. It's a territorial but, war, not a religious war. It, well, uh, uh, hmm, that's where it gets interesting, uh, John, because I was thinking about this. You say that it's uh, perhaps not a religious war. And in many ways, I agree with you because the, the modern state of Israel is very geopolitical. I mean, it was essentially a creation of the Rothschilds and the United Nations, you know, along with Balfour and a few others. But yeah. if if there wasn't religion involved, why then is there this fervent Zionism that we see in the West? Christian Zionism, it's particularly rampant with the evangelicals. It's very strange. Uh, I can't mm. quite figure out why they feel they have a dog in this fight, other than it being religious. Um, I think they're the useful idiots, Jeremy. Um, London is a hotbed of, of people who got this, uh, partly a virtue signaling thing. I, I think it's the same with the green movement. It's like a cult, isn't it? People want to do the virtuous thing, to do the right thing. Um, we, we, we've been guilt-tripped. I grew up feeling guilty. My grandfather was one of the first British army officers to uh, liberate Bergen-Belsen concentration camp. <clears throat> and um, it traumatized him for the rest of his life. He fought in campaigns from all across uh, North Africa with the desert rats all the way up Italy. And he entered uh, across the Rhine. And, uh, you know, his uh, division, his company were the first into Bergen-Belsen. And he said it was the worst thing he'd ever known in four years of campaigning for the British Army. And he, he said then, you know, we have to be... Um, we have to allow Israel to exist. And I, I believed him and, I, and I, I agree with him now. I agree with him. But I don't believe in, in committing the same crime again. I think the Holocaust on Jews was awful. There's a new Holocaust. It's genocide going on now. It appears to be bloodletting un, unheard yeah. of, unprecedented. I mean, I it reminds me, Jeremy, of the Warsaw Ghetto. You probably know of what happened in, in Poland in 1943 where the uh, same thing, the Jewish uh, people were, were imprisoned in Warsaw and were exterminated. You know, they, they rose up. They believed the Russians were coming to rescue them. Um, you know, true to their bravery, they, they rose up against the Nazis and tried to break out. Um, but the, the, the Russians didn't come, Jeremy. They, they didn't want to come. Um, again, it's all self-serving. The British didn't, didn't want to get involved. And, that you know, the Warsaw Ghetto was exterminated. And um, I... I recommend people look up the work of Norman Finkelstein, Professor Finkelstein. I didn't know about him before October the 7th, and I followed him. Both, all oh, really? his family. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, all his family, Jeremy, were victims of the Holocaust. And yet, he's a staunch mm. defender of peace. No yeah. more killing. No more killing in the name of religion. Enough. Enough's enough. I had the great privilege of interviewing Norman Um a few years ago, in fact, I think maybe two years ago. And uh, it was actually based on his book, The Holocaust Industry. And it was that book that got him banned from entering Israel for a decade. Uh, in, and in that book, he, he, he wrote about how the entire thing has turned into an industry, a money-making scam is basically his, his argument. Yeah. Um, 
and and he's always been pro a two-state solution um, in the Middle East. You know, he basically the 1967 border, uh, which of course now has fallen away, and so he still argues for that. Yeah, and there are so many uh, nuances here. There are reasons why mm. um, the Palestinians are, are not coming to the negotiation table because Israel wants to keep the the occupied territories that they've claimed since then. You know, they feel that that's a normal spoil of war. You know, they they conquered, mm. reconquered, and the, the plan for Greater Israel is real. Greater Israel pretty much goes all the way to Egypt and across Jordan and down it's a massive you know change to what exists today and if that does happen that that can only be the result of a massive war and i don't think anybody would countenance that because it's beyond anything that peace-loving people want the middle east is uh you know a travesty a creation of the british the balfour declaration was a travesty <clears throat> you know britain has this awful history of dividing up territories un uh, that don't belong to them and imposing their will uh, and it all the will is being imposed is self-serving it serves the british empire and nobody cared a jot about the people who lived there the indigenous population and let, let, remember also arabs palestinians are semites they are semites by the true definition of the term semite then they are the indigenous people of, of that area just like the jews are and they all deserve an opportunity to live in peace jeremy yeah, the term anti-Semite is actually ridiculous. It's the same as saying racist or bigot. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's completely empty. It's it's been it's been totally hijacked. Uh, I mean, as you say, the original uh, meaning of uh, anti-Semite means against Shem, and Shem was a son of Noah. It really goes all the way back there. Uh, so yeah. Semites were a whole range of people. Yeah, and I want to, um, I picked up just before I was waiting to come on air with you, I picked up, somebody sent me a link to the new Anonymous video on YouTube. And Anonymous have just put out a really interesting video on the history of, of the whole area. And they make the point that um, going back three, four hundred years, it was widely accepted in the Jewish community that Israel was a concept. It was a, not a nation. It wasn't a place. It was a belief. And never again should yes. we pursue the idea of a, of a homeland in, in Palestine. And there are so many Jews in Israel now who hold true to that. And they are so hurt, so alarmed by the fact that uh, what, what's happening now is a, a crime against humanity. It's not within the Jewish faith to kill. It's against the Ten Commandments. Um, you know, love thy neighbor. I mean, where is that? You know, thou shalt not kill. Where is that? You know, none of this seems to be in the minds of Zionists. And as you said, quite rightly, there's a massive distinction between a Jew and a Zionist. And quite mm. often, many Jews are not Zionists, and many Zionists are not Jews. And, and to add to that, John, uh, Israelis, I mean, Israel is a country, and Israel also has Muslims and Christians and, and all sorts of different people. They're sure majority Jewish, but Israel is not only Jewish. And the other point being is that um, people, um, what the, the biggest, biggest defense used, I find, for people for the atrocities committed by the IDF are the fact that Israel is the Middle East's only true democracy. Uh, well, that's just laughable, Jeremy, because it's an apartheid state and people have compared it to South Africa. In some ways, they say it's worse than South Africa and uh, it's truly racist. I mean, think about the it's Ethiopian Jews. Worse. Yeah, <laughs> Ethiopian it's... Jews, Jeremy, just because they're black, 
do not have the same rights as normal well, normal Israelis. Of course, it's worse. South Africa during apartheid didn't have an occupied land next door that it was bombing. <laughs> you know, it's nonsense. It wasn't yeah. killing. Yeah, it wasn't killing thousands of people. John, hold on a second. I'm quickly going to go to an air break. I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jerm. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Lynn Shaw. Joe Biden issued this executive order about AI, artificial intelligence, and it was all about it's a national security threat. You know, tech companies, they all came out of the woodwork and they're applauding this executive order, this new regulation, which is seeking to govern how our federal government will use AI and establish guidelines for companies building new models. But what about the children? What about AI and CSAM, child sexual abuse material? I am not convinced our government is doing anything because this executive order does not mention children. All I have to say about that is so far with the internet can't even control what's happening now with all of these platforms and children and safety. How are they going to control this AI, this artificial intelligence? Lynn Shaw on TNT Radio. People might tell you that Lyme doesn't kill people, but we are losing people. People disappear from their lives. One of the scariest things that I had to deal with was uh, memory loss. Not just like, I don't remember what I did last week, but like, I forgot all the words to my own songs. I remember going to my primary care physician and he was like, you are 100% healthy, there's nothing wrong with you. And my response was, that's impossible, I'm dying. I wasn't working. I had all of these hospital bills. We had to move out of our home and move into my parents' basement. I just wish I could have truly been present in those big moments, you know, when she took her first steps or, you know, her first day of preschool. Lyme is such a thief and it goes undetected because no one is looking for it. For more information and prevention tips, go to projectlime.org. It sounds pretty good. It's it sounds like, real, it's dude. Not bad, huh? This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. John, um... Don't you miss the good old days uh, when Russia was invading Ukraine? Oh, Jeremy, yeah. I mean, the parallels. Um, I'm I'm very fortunate. I, I'm quite sociable. Um, I I met a wonderful young woman um, in Cardiff last week um, who picked up me up on this subject. We talked about this, um, Alina, and we talked about that she's Ukrainian, and she talked told me about Ukraine, and she confirmed my my impressions that there is a very strong Banderas influence you know the nazi uh, influence has been very strong in ukraine and there are so many ethnic people it's very difficult it's so nuanced um there are ethnic russians uh, people who speak russian who've grown up with the russian culture who just want to live their lives jeremy um they're not political they're not political beings they just want to have a normal happy life with their family and friends um so yeah i i'm open-minded i'm learning I'm learning. I'm so blessed, and, and like you, you've been interviewed, uh, Finkelstein. You, you've got to be, reach out to people you may not immediately uh, agree with. You know, you may not immediately think you're going to have a common ground. Get out of your echo chamber, Jeremy. Isn't it? Get out of your echo chamber. Um, you know, stop talking to people who just reinforce your own viewpoints. I mean, again, other friends have told me that. Uh, they're blocking people on Facebook and other places because they don't like what's being said. You know that you should not be doing that. Engage, you know, try and engage, have a, have a civil conversation. Mm. Obviously, if somebody's rude and they're just spewing hate, that that's different. But if somebody is trying to put across something to you, 
at least engage and and you know react and you know try and see their point of view um we're all <laughs> they say we have uh, two pairs of ears and one mouth for a reason you know we should be spending twice as much time listening as talking and i and i do think we need to listen more jeremy and i've listened a lot since october the 7th and I, it's the polarization is incredible but the massive amount of people who are protesting for peace you know i mean every every city every major city is seeing literally hundreds of thousands of people who just want everything the killing to end end the killing find a peaceful solution the only people benefiting right now are the military industrial complex and we've been talking about them for years the globalists win the bankers win um that we the ordinary people we always lose look at the war in ukraine that the, the, the effect yeah. on the economy here in europe was devastating people now can no longer afford the heating bills we're coming up what could be a very harsh winter a lot of people are going to struggle financially for a war that occurred you know many many miles away you know in a completely different country for a cause they know nothing about and again i urge people you know it, they say it doesn't affect them, but it affects everybody. Um, even when you message on Facebook or whatever social media, just express, you know, curiosity about a different viewpoint. You know, at least just have an open mind and don't rush to judgment. And, um, you know, this is why TNT Radio is important, Jeremy, because I, like you, I, I would have people on my show who don't I don't always agree with, but I think it's good to have the dialogue. It's also weird, though. I mean, we were, you were touching there on Ukraine and Russia. It's funny how time flies. I mean, it's weird. I mean, I, do you remember when you and I were, were much younger? Well, you know, really, really much younger. There was that COVID era, you know, it was so far away now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting how it, the, the media are very good at switching focus. They switched us away from COVID to Ukraine. And when that didn't work out so well, Russia got the upper hand. And in effect, yeah. Russia's won that war. Uh, don't look at Ukraine anymore. Look over there at Israel. And the point being, yes. people can argue quite reasonably that it's, it, again, an energy war, isn't it? An energy war because, uh, you know, the, the Nord Stream pipeline is now gone. It's been blown up. Uh, energy prices in Europe are tripling. Um, that oil, that gas field out in Gaza is looking very tempting now, isn't it? And ben Benjamin Netanyahu is deeply unpopular <clears throat> in Israel. People want him out. Um, we need to have you know the fingers pointing at people like Netanyahu and Rishi Sunak and people like um, you know Joe Biden, who we know is not doing anything. He's just a puppet. Um, in every nation, it seems like the warmongers they don't want uh, a ceasefire. Why? Why don't you want a ceasefire? You know, shouldn't the, the aim of, of, of all civilized people, the, the aim should be to negotiate a peace. If there's no ceasefire, there's extermination. You know, the, the Hamas is not going to give up. These people, um, the the I think the kill ratio, Jeremy, since 1947 is 20 to 1. For, for every one Israeli killed, 20 Palestinians die. That's frightening. And it's uh, in Ukraine, I think it was six to one or 10 to one Russians for every Russian that dies. You know, you've got at least six to 10 Ukrainians dying. Ukraine is, is now, you know, very few men live there anymore. They're dead. 
you know, this this is not a good way to live. This is the, the, very much like the after after effects of the Great War. <clears throat> you know, the mass extermination of the the brightest and best of the young younger generation. It's always the young who pay the price here, Jeremy. The young, the older ones. You know, people who can sit back and wave their fingers and and nag. And um, for the first time, Jeremy, I've seen students. You know, in America, in Europe, it's the students who've got, who've got this one right. <laughs> us boomers we've got it wrong you know we um should listen to mm. the younger ones because uh you know you you can we don't want a generational war we don't want a religious war we don't want a war on gender or religion at all what we want jeremy is just to find common ground but it's also it's also interesting um how everything seems to happen one after the other so it was the COVID era and then and then suddenly uh, it was Russia and Ukraine, and uh, we all we all <clears throat> predicted that that Ukraine would lose. Um, America would uh, would not do very well with that proxy. Um, and then while that was dying out, suddenly there's a new war. Imagine if imagine if the two wars had happened at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it would never happen. I, I think there is an argument that that um, puts forward that this, this whole thing is kabuki theater. Everything is orchestrated. The war was fought and won before. COVID. The war was won um, behind closed doors. Um, I, the argument is that nationalists and religious people in their own countries were aware of the fact that uh, the Zionist kind of a globalist agenda, the satanic cult kind of thing, was running, had been running the world pretty much for the last 150, 200 years. Uh, the Rothschilds, you know, the banker elite, they were pulling the strings, you know, and we weren't really aware of it. They, they were the cause of, of the Great War and the Second World War. And we were whipped up into a frenzy. You know, we are patriotic. We are loyal. We tend to follow. We tend to believe, you know, when we see atrocities committed. And back in the Great War, Jeremy, it was tiny Belgium that was being raped and murdered. The mur murdering of babies in tiny Belgium it inspired so many young British men to, to go and fight in that Great War. And just with the same narrative, you know, the 40 beheaded babies in Israel, you know, it's, it's a very... A clear, iconic image that motivates you to want to to rage for justice. It makes you. It's visceral, isn't it? You want to do the right thing. You want to, you know, yeah. get in there. Yeah, uh, it's propaganda. It's totally it's, brilliant propaganda. Yeah, yeah, it's atrocity propaganda. I mean, if you had to spend just twenty minutes on the internet, you could go back over the last hundred years, or even further, and you'll find how babies have always been used as a tool to garner hatred towards uh, the quote-unquote enemy. But, I mean, most of these um, incidences haven't actually had babies involved here and there, one or two. But, I mean, for example, the most recent, the 40 beheaded babies that Ben Shapiro was, was going on about, it's complete bunk. It didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched a really, very interesting uh, video with um, Piers Morgan, um, uh, and he was on the show, uh, he has a breakfast TV show, you know the guy, former friend mm. of Donald Trump. Um, he was challenged by um, some um, Middle Eastern uh, comedian, I, I forget his name, it escapes me. But he pretty much made the point um, that, that Piers Morgan was spouting this garbage about the 40 beheaded babies. And Morgan denied it. He said, I never said that, I never said that. And right after that, you have the exact quote where him saying, oh, it's appalling. 40 beheaded babies no wonder you know no wonder people are enraged you know these media puppets they are fueling the fire they are stoking more war more hate 
because you know right or wrong they have a following don't they they people trust people like piers morgan you know your friendly face on the bbc news that you see every night people go along with that they believe the newscasters you know it, it's something that people need to be aware of operation mockingbird you know people should look up operation mockingbird it's real you know the media was uh, infected by national secret agencies you know the cia mi5 every nation mossad they all infect their media they control the narrative and it's mm. all for the, serving the elite not the people yeah just on on that um i mean a lot of people don't know what mockingbird is it's bizarre um because it's it's not exactly a secret anymore it's well it's well established but i mean it was essentially people who who didn't buy into uh the jfk narrative the official story they started questioning it and of course as you correctly said the cia decided to try and clamp down on anybody um you know with with dissenting views and so they infiltrated um a huge number of uh media houses across the, the United States. Um, and over the next 10 to 12, 15 years, they tried to make sure that, um, you know, the narrative stayed to the official one um, until eventually it was exposed in sort of the mid 70s, I think when the New York Times, when they were still doing journalism, um, managed to, to, to get, you know, the actual information out of them. And um, Mockingbird was the name of the operation. You could argue that Mockingbird still exists today. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that most BBC presenters, people in the media over here in the UK, they, they are MI5. I'm pretty sure of it. Um, I know that, Jeremy, from what I've been through for the last 13 to 15 years in the climate debate. Um, I've inter been interviewed by BBC uh, journalists, uh, Roger Harabin. He's a very, very prominent, very famous environmental reporter for the BBC. And I spoke to Roger Harabin about 12 years ago. And I put to him scientific concerns that my colleagues had in Principia Scientific, legitimate scientific concerns um, that were undeniable. And he refused to even acknowledge them or even mention them on air um, because it would, he said it would muddy the waters. Um, because the agenda is clear. They frame the narrative. They always frame the narrative like they did with 9-11. In the 9-11 commission that um, reported to the government about the, what happened, the causes behind 9-11, only looked at what happened to the Twin Towers. They never considered Building 7. The third building that went down was never part of the remit. They couldn't um, identify and explain why a building that was not involved whatsoever, no aircraft hit Building 7, but it, it went freefall collapsed into its own footprint, Jeremy. And uh, even now, most people don't even know there was a third building. John, please stop with the conspiracy theories. <laughs> uh, an office an office fire will bring down uh, a building. Yeah, especially buildings that are designed specifically to withstand aircraft impacts. The Twin Towers was the first ever. And I remember watching Donald Trump back in the day when it actually happened. He was on the streets of New York within the first few hours saying this doesn't make sense. These two buildings were designed to withstand an airline impact. And yet both of them fell within their own footprint, exactly like a controlled demolition. What are the odds of three buildings, Jeremy, on the same day, all collapsing within their own footprint? You know, they should be playing oh, the lottery course, that day. And of course, you have to be an unbelievably brilliant pilot to, to fly on the ground into the Pentagon. Yeah, the Pentagon, again, is probably the easiest thing to refute. And, and not only that, Jeremy, most people don't even know that was that particular day. There was a military exercise 
um, over that region where the, the military were told to stand down and ignore any aircraft, unusual aircraft flying in because it's all part of the, the war game they were doing that day. And that, that, again, is a matter of record, public record. So everything, so, so many coincidences. Yeah, it's just so funny to me that people that people still believe the official story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's like a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing you can be sure of, Jeremy, is that every politician, uh, just when they open their mouth, is probably lying. That's probably true. Yes. Yeah, probably yes. true. I think that that's, that's yeah, I, 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 I was thinking about that for a second and I'm, I don't think there are any exceptions. <laughs> no, I, I can't see any really. To be successful in politics, you have to play a game. It's all about um, what's convenient, what, what's expedient. Expediency rules in politics. It's about getting consensus. It's horse trading, and again, it, to deliberately go against your own principles you know, to, to get partial a partial effect of what you want is, is something that uh, concerns me um, because a lot of them are, are career politicians, aren't they? And uh, a lot of them are self-serving, and uh, I like the idea of fixed terms for politicians. Um, but the one good thing, Jeremy, is that in the UK last week, the the vote, a, a rebellion by, by the British Labour Party, the opposition party, you know, front bench members of parliament are demanding a ceasefire. And we have two to three million uh, Muslims in our country, Jeremy, and they can identify very, very clearly with the humanitarian crisis. They're a little less detached than our typical, you know, white middle class family who only follow the narrative. When you see somebody who you can regard maybe as a distant uncle or an aunt you know, having their family butchered, then you realize this is a human impact. This, these are not just numbers. You know, these are real people who are dying for no good reason whatsoever. Yeah, the thing that always gets me is, is, is when people say, well, you know, they're just defending themselves. OK, so. Is it is it really self defense when you are completely flattening um, a nearby city, you know, and you know you're completely outnumbering the the kill ratio? I mean, is that really self defense? It's like mm -hmm. a it's like a it's like a big a big guy going into a, a, a kindergarten and uh, a little kid, you know, shouts at him, and then he goes and beats up four of the kids, and he's like, "Oh, I'm just defending myself." Yeah, exactly, and 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 every uh, so many UN resolutions that have said that the uh, legally legally the Palestinians are defending themselves because they were attacked. The aggressor is Israel. I mean, they. If you know your history, I watched them. Um, watched a few interesting uh, Pathé newsreels, black and white newsreels, the mid nineteen forties, and it, the headline was "Jewish terrorists murder British troops in Palestine." And, you know, and you can see that, that the outrage and anger by the British media back then towards these Jewish terrorists. And again, I, I reflected on that, and that's exactly the same thing as my family history told me. You're only a terrorist if you're losing, but when you win, you're a freedom fighter. And obviously, the history being written by the winners, Israel became established, and now those um, terrorists that were labeled terrorists by the British are now freedom fighters, and we accept that. And again, you know, in Ireland, I cannot believe I'm quite heartened the amount of support in my former home country for for the, for the Palestinians, because it's it's it resonates with us, Jeremy. Irish people resonate with this idea of imperialism. We we hate that. We hate the idea of, you know, the conquering mentality, you know, the imperial viewpoint. You have it in mm. South Africa. Americans naturally have it. They're naturally suspicious of the British. Um, 
we have to be kind of skeptical as, don't we? as we one should be, be. Yeah, as definitely. one should be john <laughs> one should always be skeptical and suspicious of the british <laughs> <laughs> yeah listen um let me just quickly go to a break i'll be back with you shortly john o'sullivan this is uh, tnt radio Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Megan Rapino, one of the world's greatest female soccer players ever. Uh, unfortunately, she has disrespected the United States of America over the years. Started in 2016, not respecting the national anthem. She kept it going. It culminated at the World Cup this past year in New Zealand. And on Saturday, she played the last game of her career ever. Three minutes into it, she got hurt and had to leave the game for good. And afterward, she used that injury to somehow claim there is no God. Yeah, I thought about it a little bit. I mean, you know, I'm not a religious person or anything. And if there was a God, like, this is proof that there isn't. It's just fucked up. Um, so, yeah, it just, it's just fucked up because, like, six minutes in. <laughs> it's just so bad. She's so important that her injury proves that there's no God. I despise this soccer player. I'm glad she's gone. Perhaps Pierce Morgan put it best when he said, Good riddance, Megan Rapino, you smug, pink-haired prima donna. I'm Steve Malsberg. Listen to my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT Radio. She was reading at a second grade level in kindergarten. Pod for swimming before she was seven. Finally convinced mom to get her ears pierced in the third grade. Came in second at her fifth grade spelling bee. Drill team in the seventh. And with one stroke of the keyboard. One click of the mouse. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Report a cyber tip today. Talk that matters. Germ Warfare and Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. John, I've got a question for you. Is, uh, is Israel a vassal state of the U.S. or is the U.S. a vassal state of Israel? Oh, I've, I've heard very arrogant Israeli politicians say it was the other, it's Israel controls America and it, it feels that way. I mean, I was very disheartened. I... I I got behind Donald Trump um, because I thought he was doing a lot of good things during his office, four years in office. He never started any war. Mm. Um, and I thought, well, that, that's great. And then I thought um, when Robert Kennedy Jr., um, who did a great job exposing the pandemic fraud, vaccines and all that, I thought, great. What champion for medical liberty, freedom of freedom of uh, you know, your body, body's own integrity. I thought, what a wonderful person to come in to the race for 2024. But then when everything kicked off in Gaza, both these guys just fall in line with all the Zionist yeah. you know, narrative. Yeah. And yeah. that was yeah. really yeah. disheartening for me. Mm. I was I was also thinking about that. Um both both Bobby and and the Don um have been quite disappointing on on their foreign policy positions. Yeah, no, there, there, there is no viable alternative. There doesn't mm. pe- appear to be a peacemaker. There doesn't seem to be. We're, we're in an era, Jeremy, of, of warmongers. And um, I, I, where can we go with that mentality? You know, China is ready to fight. I know where we can go. No, I know <laughs> where we can go. Sorry for, sorry for interrupting. But look, it's more of a meta conversation, and it will take generations. But my personal view is this, John, and I've said this to you, in previous conversations but 
I think democracy is a farce. So I think you can't you can't vote your way out of this. Um, I think mm. the hole is a little bit too deep now. Um, I so what am I suggesting? Um, am I suggesting don't vote? I don't know. Um, yeah, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, it's make it the vector is the same. Whether Trump comes in, whether Kennedy comes in in the U.S., the arrow is pointing in the same direction um, because both the the red and blue um, states pretty much align, you know, in terms of foreign policy. So I think what will probably need to happen is that there would be a, a gradual revolution of sorts over, over, as I said, a few decades in which people from the ground up change the system. Um, because at the moment, the system is completely morally bankrupt, um, as well as financially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I I go back and refer again to uh, the video I watched just before you came on air with um, Anonymous, the the new Anonymous video, which again was making the point that um, the way forward is peace, peace first, not war. And the only resolution you're going to get is when people realize that religion is a tool uh, used by the evil to beat the rest of us. And uh, every religion, all the, the main religions, the Abrahamic traditions, speak about peace and love thy neighbor. And yeah. but every every you know, the Quran, the Bible, um, you can find bits to suit your agenda. You can you can cherry pick a quote here and there to fit your agenda. That that's sophistry. Mm. We can all do that. But again, look at the general trend of things. You know, people have said to me on Facebook, you know, we have to defeat uh, Islam because they're, they're going to destroy the Jews. Well, who who's killed more Jews, Islam or Christians? It's more uh, persecution of the Jews by Christians than by by Muslims. Uh, again, we we very kind of blind to the reality of our own uh, weaknesses, our own errors. You know, we tend to repeat the errors of history time and time again. Yeah, and the other thing also is when people talk about uh, religion being the sort of tool for 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 mass murder over the over the centuries i've heard this argument many times and i completely disagree with it it's the same thing as saying well guns kill people guns guns don't kill people people kill people and um it's the tool you know if religion weren't there then another tool would be used and besides the fact that religion has also been used for a lot of good over over the um, over the centuries it hasn't only been used for bad as a you know as a tool sure sure everything has got its has got its stains uh, but that doesn't mean now the entire thing must be must be done away with. Uh, I think it was Nassim Taleb, uh, who was pretty bad on uh, on COVID, but he he made a a very good argument. He sorry, he is an author and sort of risk analyst, excellent excellent author. Uh, he wrote a book called I think the Black Swan, and also um, the one that I read. Um, I've now gone blank, but he he made the point that if you if you just entirely removed religion from society, society would collapse, it would implode. Yeah, yeah. I think what it gives us, and the reason I, I, I was born and raised a Catholic, and, there, and I, I kind of abandoned it when I was young, but I never abandoned the morality that's woven, woven into the, the three Abrahamic traditions. You know, the, the Ten Commandments, again, that's a very good um, template for living a peaceful, honorable life, you know, live at peace with everybody. You know, avoid killing, avoid rape, murder, avoid stealing. You know, don't covet thy neighbor's wife. You know, there's nothing wrong in that in those in that those core values. 
And again, people will cherry pick because um, these books are very extensive. You know, you're always going to find some contradiction. And uh, as a as a species, we need to realize that we do best as a social animal. We are we are essentially a social animal, and we do b- better by cooperation. Um, we do better by negotiation. And I, and I think although capitalism is flawed. I think that the quid pro quo, you help me, I help you mentality always works. It gave us the agricultural revolution, the industrial revolution, um, the wealth. Um, uh, you know. John, sorry. Uh, let me just, you don't agree with just that. challenge you. Um, no, I do. But I, I just want to just challenge you on that one, on that one statement where you said that capitalism is flawed. I know, I know what you mean. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I've, I've, I've been in, in these conversations, but I want to just, perhaps push back on that and suggest that capitalism can't be flawed uh, because if we if we define it um, and we understand what it is then we can play on the same turf so the way I define it and and this is where it gets where it gets tricky because it comes down to definitions but the way I define capitalism is very simply the freedom for me and you to trade without a third party taking from that trade so in other words I've got a cartoon and you want to buy it and we agree and and there's there it is that that's capitalism right there but the problem is is that a third party normally the state in the form of taxation will come in and say well we're gonna we're gonna implement a a levy of some sort or whatever Mm. now that that there now i think is the that there is is the corruption of capitalism but my understanding as i said is it's just it's just the basic freedom uh to trade yeah, on a perfect level, you'd have that. But what you, the mm. ne- inevitably with capitalism, what you have are buyouts, you have uh, conglomerates, you have uh, monopolies developing. Corporates. When you have a mm. monopoly, yeah, you don't have capital, you don't have competition. And the idea, capitalism is terrific when you have a choice. Um, over yes. here in the UK, we have privatized water companies, electric companies. Well, you can't just change company a, a drop of a hat. You know, you can't change the water provider. So again, it's rigged. Mm. You know, everything is rigged, and yes, that's it is rigged. The danger. That's true. Too yeah, many and, cartels. And, you know, cartels are the problem. Yes. Yeah, and and just to kind of feed into what you're saying, if you think of companies like Facebook and Google and Apple, they are incredibly big and they've got huge influence. Look, it's quite it's quite blurry. But do you not think perhaps that some of those companies, let's say Google and Apple, right? Do you not think that they reached that level? Of, of success with the help of the state, for example, through patent laws and through all sorts of other laws? I mean, could they have got that big if it was purely a free market based on competition? Yeah, it's quite well known, especially in my line of work uh, in science engineering, the STEM field, that a lot of patents are stolen. Governments steal, uh, they mm, buy out, mm. they buy a patent off somebody and they suppress it. Uh, a great example yep. is Tesla, Nik- Nikola Tesla. Um, yes. Who can, we could have free energy right now, Jeremy. It, it, it's, it's feasible that energy should cost pennies. You know, so free, we should, wouldn't even be metering it. But to do that, Jeremy, would empower everybody. And as Henry Kissinger said famously, you know, if, he who controls the energy, you know, controls continents. And it's something to be mindful of. There are psychopaths out there, Jeremy, who won't let us have that idyllic lifestyle. Kissinger is an, is an enigma. He's still alive. He just yeah. won't go away. He just won't well, die. No, no. I think they give him <laughs> adrenochrome or something. <laughs> yeah, he just he just won't end. He's been around for centuries. <laughs> and George Soros. And Soros as well. Don't forget George Soros. Yes. Gorgeous George. Yes. Oh, wait. Am, am I... 
Am I confusing Soros with Kissinger? Is Kissinger still alive? Yeah, I believe he is. I think he's in his 90s. Now it was, oh, okay. I think I was actually confusing him with Soros. But if they're both alive, it's, just, it's the same principle. They just, they're just, they won't go away. <laughs> and it's not really relevant here, Jeremy, but both are Jewish. Let's be clear about this. I mean, it's like a complete coincidence. It's, yeah, <laughs> 159 Nobel winners are Jewish, apparently. You know, that's, um, I wonder why. I mean, is I, that, I don't want true? to be cynical. Yeah, I, I get it thrown at me all the time, Jeremy, on these Facebook chats. I try to defend, I, I believe, a reasonable position about uh, live and let live. Um, there's the famous photo, you might have seen the meme on, on my feed, where there's an art gallery or, or a culture gallery museum where it depicts all the great achievements of Palestine and all the walls are blank. And it, like almost yeah. as if it's justification for wiping them out. You know, the argument being that Israel is a culture worth defending and Palestine is not. Well, yeah, I just want to touch on that, um, that, that, that high success rate of, of Jews. Thomas Sowell, who's, I think, you know, he's a great yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, American author um, and uh, specifically black American conservative author. And I say that because uh, he gets <laughs> a lot of people who don't know who he is. He gets criticized for being racist and then they find out that he is black. His yeah. his views on on the, that sort of Jewish success story is is good. It's it's worth thinking about because if, if you wonder how is it that they have won so many Nobels, my thinking is quite simply lots of hard training from young. I mean they're not they're not some sort of super race. Uh, they're not like you know they don't have superpowers. They just get taught from young to work hard and they stick together. And that's something I think that the rest of us can learn from. I've seen it um, in the Indian community. I spent a quite mm. a long number of years working in uh, Leicester, Leicestershire. Leicestershire is a very strong Indian community, and I taught uh, many young children from Indian families, Sikhs, and very, very hardworking people, Jeremy, very reasonable and honourable people. And again, I, I can't hate people I don't know. And again, I, I, all we hear in the news about, about people coming across the channel in boats, 300,000 illegal immigrants we get every year in the UK, Jeremy, and it's a small island here and we don't have the housing for it. And the natural knee-jerk reaction is to, to hate these people. Um, well, you do when they're mainly young males of fighting age, which you do, You, but again, you look at the population, the aging population, how do you resolve the issue that we're aging? We're not, you know, middle class- Well, it's very people, easy Jeremy. to solve that. John, it's very yeah, easy. Yeah. People but, just need to have but, sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have babies. Yeah, no, yeah, but they don't. That's the point, Jeremy. The more affluent yes. you are, young white people, especially, are not having families. Um, but there's more to it. It's not just uh, affluence. Um, it's also, I believe, um, the it's the generational impact now of uh, the women's liberation feminist movement, um, which you know over the last century has essentially pushed back the age of both marriage and and childbirth by at least 10 to 15 years. I mean, if you think about it, feminists push for independent women who focus on careers first. That means that having a child comes second. Yeah. Yeah. And the um, rates of depression and unhappiness amongst mm. women yep. are very high. They're skyrocketing. So again, it's great to be empowered and be independent. But if it's at the expense of happiness, true happiness, is, is it really worth it? Yeah, uh, Rachel Wilson, who's been on my show, uh, she she wrote the book Occult Feminism, 
a, a brilliant book um, in which she completely rips apart the women's liberation movement. And she argues that women were not liberated uh, through the, the women's lib movement. They, they, they take massive amounts of antidepressants. And what, in, just in the United States, one million babies per year are aborted. So if you are so liberated and so happy, what's going on? There's something wrong. Yeah, yeah. I believe it was Rockefeller who came up with the brilliant idea to, to emancipate all women because immediately it would double the tax base. So again, yes, if you're a government, uh, the it's great for government. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. And now you need uh, two John, incomes to, to live. <laughs> you need two incomes to live, but now uh, you don't have parents at home for the kid. No, no. True. Very clever. And I mean, have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered how it is you end up with these mass shooters? I mean, look at their backgrounds. They often come come from broken families or there was drugs involved or something. There is a correlation here that 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 people seem to be missing. No, that's no, it's guns. No, it's not guns. It's a lot more deep than that. Yeah, and I, I, what struck me, Jeremy, is seeing the women in the Israeli department store carrying their uh, assault rifles. You know, th yeah. they've got the baby in the front and then on, on the back, they've got the assault rifle. And you think, well, they need those guns. And you think of the American liberals, again, the college students in America who are defending uh, Palestine, again, would un understand the need then for people to, young mothers to be walking around with weapons. Because again, if you, we don't realize how fragile life is, you know, the the idea, this rosy picture of government being beneficial, you know, benevolent to us, it, it's not true. Nah, um, it's not true. It's not true at all, is it? Yeah. No, it's not true at all. Uh, John, I've just quickly seen the time, uh, which is now against us. So let's uh, let's promo your show. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on tomorrow night. Um, it's um, between 6 and 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, with my colleagues, Joe Olson and Joe Posma on Sky Dragon Slaying. We've got with us Professor Jim Fetzer. Uh, you mentioned uh, the mass shootings. Um, Jim Fetzer lost a multi-million dollar lawsuit um, condemning the uh, Sandy Hook shootings as fake. <laughs> Did he lose? Uh, and, uh, he, well, he did, yeah, but he, he hasn't given up. <laughs> sure. He's fighting So back. I interviewed uh, him. Yeah, I, I actually interviewed him about mass shooting incidents. So that's very, I think I might listen. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, again, just quickly give me the time. Yeah, it's um, Eastern between 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. Fantastic. All right, John O'Sullivan, as always, thank you for joining me in the trenches. I'm going to see you in about two weeks' time. Yeah, such a pleasure. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, John. And uh, thank you, Alex, uh, as usual, uh, for keeping things going. Um, I'm actually going to give you more work in the future, Alex. I'm going to ask you to search for stuff on the internet. Like, I don't really have anything specific, or I'm just going to make you do stuff. <laughs> just going to randomly ask you questions, and, and, then, and then I'm going to wait for those answers. Um, do send me an email, germwarfare at uh, tntradio.live as always. Um, give me feedback. Tell me what you uh, think of the show, of, uh, of the guest, of the talking point. Sometimes it's, uh, it's lighthearted and, and sometimes it's a bit more serious. It has been quite serious the last few weeks. Um, I think I might need to uh, bring in some, some joy uh, in, the, in the coming shows. But uh, yeah, as always, uh, send me a mail. And um, by the way, I, I need to point out something. Uh, from next week, my show is going to be one hour earlier. So currently it is uh, 4 p.m. Central African time. I think it's... That means it's 9 a.m., uh, Alex, is it 9 a.m. Eastern? I think uh, it will now be 
8 a.m. Eastern or 9. I don't know what it is. You, your, your daylight savings in America, your times keep changing. I don't know what it is, but it is going to be one hour earlier. Uh, so uh, tune in. Make sure to tune in one hour earlier next week. I'll catch you Monday. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas.